Lights. Camera. Cinemagic. It's for Wait. you, man. You made me watch a four-hour movie. We ain't doing this today. Uh, you're not even gonna... Uh, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. You want dark... Yeah. I got my nine hat on, man. I got my nine hat on. Come <laughs> on. Well, uh, I guess Darkness. depressingly roll the intro. Sad dance. I'm doing a little sad dance. Got a intro. Cinemagic. Cinemagic. I guess I should just brood in the corner. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm still brooding. I must brood. (laughs) I must brood. (laughs) Welcome to Cinemagic, everyone. Woo! With your host, as always, Jonathan Guandois and Rick Acevedo. What up? Uh, you may hear us uh, a little not as, uh, We're I like to say. We're broody. Uh, yeah. Happy, jubilant as we are, because we have to brood over today's topic. Well, okay, no. I have to I have to contextualize everything freaking today of all, of all days, because here's the deal. So everybody understands where we're at. I was excited, ecstatic. Over the fact that we were going to talk about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Why? Oh, yeah. Because they're awesome. Mm. And then someone felt it necessary to give me homework and say, oh, you know, maybe we should do this because this is coming out this week. And it's it's a four-hour cut of, uh, you know, the Zack Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. So I haven't, I haven't had homework in forever, so this felt like homework, so already I was... <laughs> miserable i gotta admit though i don't regret it nearly as much as jonathan probably does thinking about it yes so so to be to to be fair to be fair you know we we're going over uh sex snyder's cut today it's it's not going to take four hours i promise everyone it's not going to take four hours we we know how to cut ourselves. Unlike yeah, we know people. we know how to we know how to cut ourselves. But we're gonna have an interesting conversation about the movie. So Jonathan, get us rolling. All right. Since so, this was your idea, Batman. <laughs> yeah, this is it. I before we start, Rick and I are coming from this in two different ways because he's yeah. seen the original cut of Justice mm-hmm. League. Yes, I, I have not. Enough people told me to kind of stay away from it, but I didn't watch it. I know all about it by osmosis and people, you know, talking about it, seeing problems, but I never turned eyes on it myself. So I'm coming into this movie 100% fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, I've not seen the original cut. This, for me, is Justice League. I just want to put that out of there. For me, this is the only version of Justice League I've seen, so it's the only version of Justice League I'm going to talk about. And I think it's also, you know, fair to mention that when we talk about this, we're not talking about an epic. We're talking about a superhero film. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult for a lot of people, even those of us that love superhero films, to watch a four-hour film. And I'll be the first one to admit that only because, you know, we're in the YouTube generation where we are more likely to watch six-minute videos in rapid succession that we, than we are to watch a four-hour film of any sort. 
Oh yeah, I watch YouTube clips for two hours and be like, I I don't have time to watch a movie. <laughs> exactly. We're and, and and it's 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 just a progression of content and it's the progression of, of how life is as a whole. Uh, you know, when was the last time you actually sat down and watched Gone with the Wind? Which coincidentally, by the way, it's not four hours, it's three hours and fifty eight minutes. Four I minutes have- Two, two, uh, two minutes sh- shy of the four-hour mark and about four minutes shorter than this film, <laughs> okay? And the reason why I mentioned that is because, you know, John and I, obviously, we didn't watch this together, so we're going to have differing perspectives on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to start off, at least my portion of it, by saying that I did see the the Joss Whedon um, Justice League. I was incredibly disappointed because I felt that a lot of things were forced. When you have characters that just appear out of the thin blue, like Cyborg, and where they don't have any real development, you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is a Batman-Superman movie. It's a continuation of their whole thing, and these other characters are just side characters that you cannot really care about because you're not given the opportunity to care about them. You know who they are. And that's really what I found disappointing about that film. Um, I found also that they focused so much on the original, on the theater release, because we, I guess if you're really calling it, calling something an original, I guess this would be it because this was the original vision, you know. But on the on the first release, there's so much real estate when it comes to Batman v Superman that yep. it's just, it, it feels like Batman v Superman two, okay. And when so when John said let's do it, let's do this, I was already kind of. And John will will back me up on this. I was like, dude, I don't want to do this. I mean, I, I, I short yeah. of actually saying that, because those were not my exact words. I was like, I, I don't want to do this. This sucks. You know, yeah, the whole I idea. Convince, I had to convince you. I yeah. had to convince you to do it. Yeah, you had to convince me to do it. So that tells you right there that there were some redeeming qualities, at least for me. And the redeeming qualities come in character development. And I'll go into more depth into that in just a second. But like I said... You have to have seen that first one to understand how this is an improvement. Now, here's... Before you, before you get into that, mm. did you see the director's cut of Batman v Superman? Zack you know what? No, I did not. I did not. I, and, and I'm with you. I also didn't see the director's cut. I heard everyone said it was better, but I was like, listen, I have no interest in revisiting that movie. I didn't like the original. Mm. I had no interest in revisiting it. So when you're one of the people who did convince me to not see Justice League, I just want that noted. <laughs> I, I did because honestly, dude, I'll watch this a million times before I ever watch that again. You understand? So I didn't watch so. this one. So when I came to convince Rick about this, I was like, okay, I heard Batman v Superman director's cut's great. I'm, I'm probably never going to watch that. I will watch this one to give that a fair shake because I never watched the Batman v Superman director's cut. Let me watch this and give this a fair shake. And since people were comparing the two Justice Leagues, I was like, yeah, 
I haven't seen the other one, so this may be really good. I may really actually like it. And so I, I, I'm going to convince Rick, everyone's talking about it. This should be our podcast. And so I, I really did have to convince I, him. Yeah, he, he did. No he did because because he was like, you know, and I you should have heard that conversation. It was like, you know, Rick, you really should do this because, you know, we, we, this is like, it's, it's the end thing, man. It's coming out. Everyone's talking about it. I was like, yeah, but Power Rangers. And he's like, no, 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 man. But and I'm like, dude, it doesn't feel like this is going to be a fun exercise for me particularly <laughs> and and i'm saying that you know every every anyone that knows me knows i'm a huge batman fan superman to a lesser extent uh as i find superman to be too much of a boy scout mm. but i love dc and mm. something that jonathan and i have always discussed dc's uh, animated game has been on That's point so it is so fantastic so good so and you know their graphic novels and stuff like that. Like, like DC knows what they're doing, um, yeah. and to me, seeing Justice League come to life, I was expecting these characters to pop, and they had a ton of potential in the original film, or the first the, the theater released film. Let's just call it that the theater released film. They had a ton of potential, but it felt flat because it always seems to be about Batman and Superman. And I'm going to say this. It did not become a Batman and Superman movie this time around. And here's the reason why I'm saying that. You have Cyborg who has always been portrayed as... Almost goofy, happy-go-lucky when it's actually one of the darkest, most brooding characters in the DC universe. If you read the, the like the fictional character biography, mm-hmm. they did a great job with Cyber Cyborg because he wasn't a comedy character. This was a tragic figure imbued with great power, but at the same time massive interior conflicts because of his relationship with his parents and that's shown there and it's shown in a very subtle way to where you can understand it like you don't have to go deep into it and i love that i love the fact that this movie was not about batman and superman one bit in fact what i did like about batman was the fact that batman had a great deal more humanity here like you know he's a human he's 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 just a rich guy who wants to help the world but at some point he's saying, I'm acting on faith and hope. There is no contingency here. I'm mm-hmm. only human. Like, these are the superpowered people. I just have to help them come together. Mm-hmm. And, and Superman essentially comes in at the muscle. Like, he comes in with massive, like a massive darkness. And I love the fact that they use the black suit. Come on, the black suit. How cool was that? Finally, something different. When Superman comes in, it's like, you know, I'm just here to kick someone's ass. Because I have to. They also featured Darkseid and gave uh, Steppenwolf greater depth. And you really kind of understood Steppenwolf were there. He just kind of appeared in the, in the, in the theatrical version. He appeared. So from a character development perspective, the characters that you know are featured a little differently. You know, 
Batman is is not the lead. Anybody that tells me that Cyborg was not the leader in this did not see the movie. Because Cyborg, it's it's owed to Cyborg that the world is saved. And this mm-hmm. is this is spoiler time. Look, if you don't want to, if you want the, if you don't want the oh, thing yeah. spoiled, we, don't we, listen. We should say this. This whole thing is obviously a spoiler discussion of Zack Snyder's completely, completely spoilers from here on out. Watch the movie. Spoiler shit. Take a day to rest and then come back. <laughs> well, it took me two okay. days to watch the movie, so it only like three days to rest. But uh, <laughs> and and then on the third day, no, I'm, I'm not gonna get that. No, I'm not gonna touch that. Um, but so to me, Cyborg really emerged because if you even watch Cyborg and um, and Doom Patrol, and I love Doom Patrol. Oh yeah, I love Doom. But Patrol. the Cyborg in Doom Patrol almost seems carny and kind of not as deep. Good character, yes. Definitely the only real superhero character in Doom Patrol. Yes. But here, Cyborg. You got that depth that I've always wanted for that character because it's like, man, I've seen Teen Titans and I'm talking. No, I'm not talking about Teen Titans Go. Okay, that's kid oh, show. Yeah, I remember the first Titans. He was he. They almost had him there. They almost had him. But here it's like, man, you can relate to the real problems that he has. Barry Allen is not nearly as annoying in this movie as he was on the theatrical release. Like you can you can relate to Barry Allen, you know, as someone who just he's got superpowers, but the man's got to get three jobs just to pay for his education because his dad's in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Mm-hmm. So there's that relatability to characters, you know, that you know Aquaman. He doesn't know his mother. Obviously, this took place before Aquaman was released, the Aquaman film. He doesn't know his mother. He he resents Atlanteans. He's he's a common type of guy. So there's that relatability to those characters. And they're no longer they're no longer just side pieces to what Batman is trying to do. And to what and to what Superman's gonna come in and do. Because that's the that's always the freaking expectation in any in any DC thing that you see, it's like Superman's going to come in and save the day at the end. Batman's going to come yeah, in and save so, the day at the end. That's it. So, uh, and, and I'm glad you're talking this about characters, but I don't have to come in because Justice League does that exact same thing. It's all about Superman at the end. And I want to say to this, as a person who didn't see the original Justice League and saw this four-hour cut, which was extremely long. Did you see it I in one moment? Feel... Did you see it in one sitting, or did you see it in two? I saw it all in one sitting. That was your, that was, that was your mistake. That was your mistake right there. <laughs> but I'm serious. I, saw it one I have to say this. I don't... I honestly thought the exact opposite of Cyborg character. I much more loved the portrayal on Doom Patrol. None of this movie, with any of their characters, I want to say outside of Wonder Woman barely even smile or are like a person. Cyborg has one gruff, brooding personality. He basically just becomes Batman. Batman becomes nothing of a character. Superman's just there to punch things. Wonder Woman is there to bring some level D. Barry Allen basically has a quip. That's about it. I don't know anything more about scares. I don't care. Aquaman seems like a jerk. I can't do like all of these characters are unlikable in this movie. Single one of them are unlikable. Because 
All the other portrayals have been bad. I think, I think that the reason why you might see them as unlikable is, and there's a lot, there's a lot there. They, if you compare DC to Marvel, okay, there always seems to be this competition about who's got more of a tinge of fantasy and who's got more of a tinge of reality. And it always seems to just sort of kind of go opposite. Like when Marvel seems to be going, going darker, DC seems to be going lighter. And then DC wants to get more relatable, like they want to bring things into more of a real world context. But then there's such a thing as overdoing the real world context. Because at that point, it's like that escapism that you want from a superhero movie, you're not getting because you're getting Barry Allen, you know, who's the quippy guy that you know that you kind of want to beat up just because he won't shut up. I, I honestly love the Flash character and wish I got more of him in this movie because he was the most relatable, actually had some fun, and just seemed to, to do more. Like, I'm excited to save the world and join Batman's team. Uh, mm. Like, you know, I'm trying to balance this out while saving my dad from prison. I still got to get three jobs and find my own way. I got to overcome my deficiencies of, I don't know what I'm doing. We have plans. I'm new to this. All Barry Allen was actually seemed exciting where every other character doesn't is with the exception of Wonder Woman. I think Barry Allen Wonder Woman are the best characters in this movie. Everyone else is just so brooding and unnecessary. And that grounding in realism, I think, hurts this movie even more because I was like, well, this is so realistic. This is dumb. This is dumb. And this is dumb. What what half of these characters in society does are dumb. Dump the realism. Go into fantasy. Well, because it's dumb. It's I dumb. think part of the problem. I think one of the biggest problems with the movie, and now I'm not talking about characters because, and that's obviously where you and I differ because I felt that the characters had the development, but one of the problems with the movie was was the story. No, no, before we go to story, what did Bruce Wayne, for a typical story arc, what was Bruce Wayne's Batman story arc in this movie? How did he change or develop from the first scene we saw him in to the end? I personally feel... But again, I watched the original, and I personally feel that Bruce Wayne's development was... If you know the character, if you know the Batman character, and you saw how he was featured, he went from being the Batman that operates on contingencies, like I have a contingency plan for everything, including Superman, to being... A guy that basically understands I'm human and I might have to put myself out there and get killed just so that these guys can do what they have to do. So there is some development there. I I disagree. The first scene when he's trying to recruit, it's the same way. He's willing to put his life on the line to get Aquaman. He's trying to save there and he's putting faith in other human beings. That's literally how he starts the movie. And four hours later, that's how he ends the movie. He has no arc. But but and the I thing with that... Every character, none of them have arcs. Except for Cyborg. But Cyborg is boring and uninteresting because he has one emotion throughout the whole movie. It's just boring. 
But Cyborg's emotion is not that much different than in Doom Patrol. It can't, I mean, he's not, like, in Doom Patrol, he's got much more development because he's got more time to do it. But at the same time, you and know... In Doom Patrol, he has fun and can actually say booyah. This Cyborg would never say booyah. This Cyborg has no Oh, give fun. him, give him time. Give him time. He could say booyah. Yeah, he was brooding in the first scene, and he's brooding by the end scene on pain of loss that all he does is get more loss and deals with more pain and again he doesn't really even have the heroic moment it seemed like he wanted to do suicide which diana even mentions before he was going into the box because what else do i have to live for who cares that's his whole art these characters don't really do much in their arts none of the characters do they just kind of there before and thereafter. to be fair avengers kind of did this too there was more arts in there it's a bad one it's a team up all the arts are supposed to be handled in other well movies. i think i think though but with avengers really i think with avengers comparatively speaking they did add the the use of humor quite a bit more than you know than this film did because there weren't any funny parts yeah, um, I could the one why thing they in Josh Whedon because the, this movie needed to lighten up. This movie, but it wasn't. But, but but see, but that's that's not. If that's what they thought was going to make it work, then it would have worked in the first one, and it didn't because there was no humor in the first one either. Like there was nothing in the in the in the theatrical release, you know, that had any semblance because they were working with the exact same stuff that had been shot. So they were bringing stuff in together and they were just jamming it in. Because, yeah. if, like, at least I get an introduction to Cyborg. Here, no, you don't I... see, you don't see, no, no, the first movie, like, the, the, the theatrical release, you don't see any introduction to Cyborg. He just appears out of nowhere like, hey, Alfred, I'm Cyborg, how you doing? No, so What's I agree about? with you, but watching, but watching a four-hour cut was not better like this four-hour cut was not better. It wasn't a good movie. There's a reason, but there's reasons. I have different reasons for for thinking that they missed a lot of opportunities. And here's my reasons for for thinking that. First of all, as a viewer, and maybe because I'm a writer, I have a different point of view. But I don't need you to tell me that you're splitting this into seven parts and then throwing up a credit. A title card that says part one and then giving me some abstract title like I need to actually I don't want to think when I'm watching a superhero movie because it's a superhero movie. I don't need to think. I don't want to think. I just want to enjoy it. So already that's kind of throwing me off. Those guideposts piss me off. And most of it was with the four hour added time and I did see the original Justice League but I'm like I would cut this by two hours easy. I feel like the stuff, and I didn't see Justice, but I feel like the stuff he added was so unnecessary, so much clunky exposition, so much retelling, so much slow-mo, that I was like, oh, none of this is necessary. Well, and then, but then there were areas, but then there were areas, but then there were areas that were serving as First of all, unnecessary callbacks, not even to, like, they were actually unnecessary callbacks to stuff that wasn't even properly explained in Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if you noticed this, but, and I want to jump right to that scene where Bruce Wayne is having the dream. Again, we're in the dystopian future. Now it's him, yeah. Cyborg, and stuff like that, 
Okay, that was a callback to Batman v Superman. Number one. Mm. Number two. That callback completely goes opposite of the of the dream in Batman v Superman because in the dream in Batman v Superman he's dressed in his cool like overcoat and stuff like that mm. and you know and I did like that and he's like you know. If I wanted it, you'd be dead already. This is Batman v Superman. Here, Superman's just straight up going to kill everybody. Yeah. You mentioned the part about Lois Lane being the key. And it's like, well... So, clearly, we know Superman's in a dark place. So, obviously, what you're saying is if Super, if uh, Lois Lane dies, Superman's going to go crazy and destroy the world. That right there... Is is that implication is not even necessary? Is my fucking yeah. point? Is that that's not necessary? And then and, it, and then and by the way, that implication also makes Batman right from Batman v Superman. Exactly. That implication also makes Batman right. But but here's the thing: it's all a dream or a premonition, whatever. And then he's having a conversation with the Joker that goes absolutely nowhere. And I. We'll give Jared Leto credit. I did not. I still hate Jared Leto, and Jared Leto's Joker. Okay, I'm not a fan of either. Mm-hmm. I'll give him credit. This Joker was a little less annoying and 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 not as much of a cuckold as he was in 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 Suicide Squad. And I'm not trying to insult anyone, you yeah. know. But I'm just saying that's what it, he seemed like in Suicide Squad. He, he was like punk. Yeah, Joker. So here, okay, they're having that conversation. It's like. You can't tell a story, and this story was being told on the edit. It wasn't being t- told on clearly. It wasn't being told in the dialogue, because no. there's a difference. There is a difference between the two things. You can visually tell a progression on an edit mm-hmm. that you cannot tell. You cannot always tell. Like you know, when you have that script put together, the script goes through writes and rewrites and all this stuff. You know, you have Franken-bit audio, you have a bunch of things, and these are industry terms that are completely, you know, foreign to some people, not to us, obviously. But you're not telling, you're telling it on the visual. So on the visual, it's working, but then all of a sudden, it's like you decide that it's three and a half hours in, so you have 32 more minutes to fill, and you're going to fill it with stuff that does not make sense. And that really kind of, like, that's... And, you know, maybe my experience was different than yours because I was not going to subject myself to watching a four-hour movie, like, for four hours. <laughs> but it, that's really what was pissing me off is I was like, okay, I'm getting into the second half. So maybe I wasn't into the first half as much because maybe that was it, right? But I'm getting into this and I'm like, wait a minute, there's 32 minutes and, okay, they, 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 they avoided the unity, whatever, cool, world's been saved, you know cyborg seems like he's gonna be in his way whatever and then the whole oh the lex luther scene yeah oh what the fuck i'm sorry i don't mean to be offensive with my goddamn language but what the literal fuck was that all about that's my point to take it from the top of so many unnecessary things this cut was four hours but literally i was just sitting there like cut this cut this cut this all of it was unnecessary side plots that went nowhere i just from the beginning, and I mean, like, my notes, I just stopped writing at one point because I was just like, oh, this is pointless, this is pointless. 
But uh, like literally with even the lighting the torch scene so they can light the torch so Diana knows that oh, they've yeah, been yeah, attacking yeah. Sarah, you could have cut all that. They could have just said, we're lighting the torch so she knows. Bam, we cut to the scene of like, there's a torch in Greece being lit for 24 hours. Diana goes and investigates. And then there's a That's problem. The problem. You do out to exactly how do they make torches? How do they light it? How does the whole ceremony go? I was like, what is this? What is the point of any of the opening? Yeah, what with the point of any of with them? the opening of the boxes, I felt that that was that, that took a lot longer than it should have. I feel like uh, yeah, that that could have gone. And again, I understand it. Like you want to tell the story visually, but I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, that doesn't advance the story. It was yeah, like you were giving me. Having having like all the Amazons with the arrows and the bows and, and just we're gonna move forward and then we're gonna move back. Yeah. Call the queen, move forward. Call the queen, move back. Call the queen. Yeah. You know, it's and so unnecessary. You don't need it. All of that stuff with the Amazons, even the beginning, I'm like you could have cut almost all of this for time and did a direct line into it. But literally, I. I I, I don't get why, and there was slow-mo everywhere. Every scene was a music video and a slow-mo when they introduced someone, which I don't understand either. Uh, I just thought it all was the one thing. The one thing well. that I thought that, again, was kind of pissing me off is in between, they when they would do the slow-mo parts, like it would be Cyborg having a vision or whatever, um, some, you know, something else like... Superman killing Aquaman slow-mo, but that's like three seconds, so you can't tell that that's Superman. So when, at the end, in Bruce's premonition, um, Aquaman's, um, what's her name? His girlfriend uh, is saying he'll pay for what he did to Arthur. I did, it took me a while to remember that when Aquaman's getting, you know, try, someone's driving a Thrident through him, it's Superman. And then, like, when they have... Uh, dark side basically grabbing Superman's shoulder and Superman's crying and he's in the black suit which already makes the black suit ominous and it wasn't supposed to be ominous the whole point of the black suit for anybody that doesn't understand that when Superman does come back to life after being killed by Doomsday he had the black suit on it represented an almost emotional growth because he had survived death in a way and it, it represented a maturation in his character. Here, it's just like, it's cool in one hand, right? Mm. But then on the other hand, it's like, it's something bad. And because they were supposed to make two more movies, and Batman is actually supposed to die in one of those two movies, and Zack Snyder did uh, speak to that in that interview in Vanity Fair, it's like, God damn it! if you really wanted to have a cut to close it up having the dystopian dream and having these little bits and pieces like the the wonder woman uh funeral pyre i was mm. like holy crap and then it just in these little jumps so you're jumping around and you're killing you're killing momentum there you're killing momentum yeah. any momentum you're building you're killing and by the way, it also makes Batman being from the one being powerless to literally having the power of foresight, like divination. He literally is 
power. He literally has a magic power now. But um, but, but the problem. The but the problem. Which is a power. Batman shouldn't have, and it's unnecessary to put him to have future visions. It's just. But it, but again, the problem goes with you know the problem that I have, and my biggest, the one thing that made me honestly the angriest. Um, and it wasn't that it made me angry, it's just that it disappointed me. First of all, let me start with, um, you gave me no reason. I know that, uh, Deathstroke, Deathstroke's not really a villain or a hero. He's, he's a, he's a mercenary. He's not a hundred percent villain. And have you seen Deathstroke, um, Knights and Dragons, I believe it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the cartoon, yeah. you actually see the Deathstroke... Like the heart and the level of of compassion that he's capable of having. Okay, so you go from Deathstroke is wants to kill Batman and oh he's Bruce Wayne whatever this is not a big deal, not a big deal. Just like when Superman comes back to life, everybody it, calls him Clark. Everybody comes. I'm like, everybody calls him. Already, Clark. already, we've always had a hard time understanding why people couldn't tell that. Clark Kent was just Superman with glasses. We've always had a hard time understanding that. Now everybody calls him Clark because fuck it. So you have name is Bruce. They're throwing Bruce Wayne's name. 100% yeah, they're out. they're throwing it, but at least he he makes an effort to wear a more fucking less revealing outfit. You know? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so he's Bruce Wayne, you know, uh, Lex Luthor, but the whole thing with that stroke makes no damn sense. It goes nowhere. So when they go to Bruce Wayne after that, and he's in his house, wakes up from the premonition or whatever, which that stroke was there, I'm thinking maybe they're going to set something up here. This is the opportunity yeah. to set it up. Someone comes to the door, well, it ain't that stroke. And you're That's not giving me cool. any explanation as to why Deathstroke's there and wants Batman dead. It's not Joker or any of the characters that were in the premonition, something to help set us forward. It's not Instead, Superman. it's... Huzzah! The Martian Manhunter, John Jones. I go by many names. That right there threw me off to the point where I was like, as much as I will fight and say, love the characters and everything, that's what I fu- that threw me the fuck off the movie. And here's the reason why: Martian Manhunter is a major part of the Justice League. He's not just an ancillary character that appears whenever. He's like one of the most intelligent, well-developed characters, at least in the comics, and even in the Justice League series. If you go back, watch that. It's not that I'm making this up. Martian Manhunter is this key character. It's like, hey, what's going on, Batman? How you doing? I'm uh, Martian Manhunter. I know you've been fighting with people and stuff. Sorry that I was a little bit MIA. But, you know, we even have... Even though I was there. You know, I, it's like, I'm afraid of fire, so it wasn't kind of my thing. It wasn't my scene. But, hey, I'll help you out next time. Sure. And yeah. and Batman's just like, all right, cool. Yeah, welcome to the team. I'm building a house, by the way. Uh, you can come in anytime. We have, you know, we have sandwiches and soda. Yeah, I, and that's what I mean even even for Batman. Batman's just... just... So I to bring another point that infuriated me was when it was with Bruce and Diana, Batman and Diana, right? And they're deciding one they should talk to. Bruce Wayne, Batman, is actively working on a plane that no flight and like no aerospace engineer can figure out to make it fly. And Diana, the one who's a museum curator with super speed, goes, Well, you go to Barry Island, Barry Allen, and I'll go to the cyborg. And I was like, Really? He's actively working on a plane, and Cyborg lives in Gotham City, where Batman is, 
currently knows, and Barry Allen's in Central City. So that means he has to leave, which, by the way, would take him longer because he doesn't fly, doesn't have super speed, instead of going to someone in his own city while Diana... Go, I, I that, was, that was that was a Mercedes commercial. That's that, but you like what you didn't see. That, that means, was a Mercedes commercial. Yeah. Did you not? Did you, you not have, notice? Wait a minute. Did you not notice? In, the, but in that whole scene, no, they were setting up the Mercedes commercial, bro. I'm telling you, because if you look at how long they stayed on the bends and on the oh, inside God. of the bends, and then the bends pulling apart, you never see a road like that much road action. No, unless, you're trying to, unless you're trying to sell a product, man. Come on, they're uh, trying to sell the Benz. They're just trying to sell the Benz on. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive my Mercedes he Benz. Drove, he could have drove through Gotham City with the Benz. Either way, unnecessary. It's the road. It's the road leading off. It's the, but it's, it's overpass. Weird choices that they keep making in this movie that elongates it and makes it unnecessary. Uh, we've got told the story of the box like three times in the movie, and I was like, "Yeah, you could definitely cut it for just the first time when we see the big battle scene. Why do yeah. we need to see Diana learn it again? Then why do we need to see another person tell us that again?" I'm like, "Why are we doing this three times for the same story?" And then, the but then there were things. Then there were things that were kind of bothering me, um, really bothering me. Um, and and was it the fact that Cyborg didn't cancel student loans? Because I'm calling Cyborg out for that. He had Institute for all financial institutions. Yo, you should have canceled student loans, man. No, nah, Cyborg. He just gave. He just off, he just gave the lady. He just he just gave gave the lady a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, as, that's as a start. Cyborg is a capitalist and up for the capitalist society to keep us regular people down. I'm calling you out, Cyborg. That's what you're doing. You like the billionaire class. You're trying to be a billionaire yourself. F you, Cyborg. I think that's right. I, I think Cyborg. Say. I think Cyborg's debt is close to a billionaire, though. I think that was that was implied. No, he implied. was living in a crappy apartment. So well, Cy Cyborg, Cyborg was, but that's because he's brooding. Um, <laughs> broody people don't care about their surroundings. Anyway, um, well, Batman does because he's got like the cave and stuff, but. Um, no, here's here's stuff that bothered me. Okay, you see Superman's mom leaving the mm. foreclosed-on farm. Mm. Okay, got it. I get that. But then when Superman comes back, when Superman comes back, he comes back to the foreclosed farm where apparently they foreclosed on it, including the clothes and everything, apparently. He goes back in. You still see the foreclosure sign. I mean, that's just a bit much... It's like, hey, it's been foreclosed, but no worries. We're going to squat. And I'm like, that little detail, I get it. But, it, you know, she could have just left the farm and you could have just left out the detail about the foreclosure. It's not oh, necessary. 100%. Because then that makes me no, think. No. Bruce Wayne buying the bank makes no sense. It's a foreclosed house. Just, just buy, buy the, the house. house. Just, outbid. just outbid the person. You don't even the need to outbid. Nobody buys land anymore, dude. Unless they're like nobody buys land for farming. Not really that many people buy land for farming. They still, no, they still do. Farmland can be very expensive, but if it's foreclosed and it hasn't been sold or even sold, literally he can say, "How much did you buy it for? Two hundred thousand. I'll give you four hundred thousand. Sure." And everybody would have well, but no, one. but here's here's the problem too. Here's the but here's the problem with that. I'm like, it doesn't. In Superman, 
with Christopher Reeve, Superman for the quest for peace. He sells the farm. Mm-hmm. There's a for sale sign out there. It is a lot easier to explain than this has been foreclosed. The fucking place would have been padlocked if it were foreclosed. And it, it just, it's those little obvious things. It would have none of his stuff inside. It would have none, none. It wouldn't be furnished. It wouldn't have any of that. It would be, it, it just it's didn't make. All his stuff. It's like, well, I'm just going to leave all your stuff behind. Yeah, exactly. Like, I took a U-Haul with everything, and I'm going to go clean up your office, but I am not going to clean out your closet in case you come back from the dead and decide you want to come back here to relax. Uh, well, remember, that was Martian Manhunter who talked about uh, 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 moving out with a U-Haul. That wasn't actually Martha Lane who talked apparently, about Apparently. And, and, you know, another thing with Martian Manhunter. Why was that needed? Why was that needed? It's and, such a weird thing. And the thing with and the thing with Martian Manhunter, we go back to that. When I saw Martian Manhunter, like he was just so blasé and not written like what Martian Manhunter is supposed to be. He's like, hey man, look, I've been working out at the gym. Um, as you can see by my guns, clearly. Mm-hmm. They call me Martian Manhunter. You know, I've got 24-inch arms. I take a lot of selfies. The name Martian Manhunter doesn't seem like someone who's on your side when you're a man. <laughs> like when you're a regular human and someone's like... But what if you're Martian a Martian man? man? But what if you're a Martian man, you see? Thinker. But I'm thinking he's a Martian who hunts men. Who I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's what you're calling yourself? I don't trust you. I don't trust you when you but, come up with, with Jupiter Human Eater. I'm here to help you. I'm Jupiter Human Eater. Sounds that, good. I'm that's out. That's his cousin. Uh, that's his cousin. No? <laughs> that's his cousin. Um, like, no, can we discuss that? That seems weird. Maybe I should know more about you. But if you're Bruce Wade, you're like, go. Have fun. But I think at the end, you know, Justice League is a hard, hard proposition. If If you're going to – because if you look at the animated films – Justice League and um, what was it? I think in one of the latest ones, and I think it was the Teen Titan one. I'm not sure where where everybody um, I think dies, and then Superman has like the green S tattooed on his chest by one of Darkseid's goons, something like that. I think it was something like that. There's like a many of them. In an animated film, you can get away with a lot more, and that's a fact because that's what people are expecting. But if you're going to do a live film, don't – it just does – it did not make sense to me to put this much into um, Steppenwolf, who basically at the end when Superman comes back in, he's like, I'm not impressed and now I'm going to proceed to fuck you up. And he's just yeah. punching him, doing the lasers. I mean Superman is his, his, his most vicious, which quite frankly I did enjoy that and the reason is – Superman's always just so freaking annoyingly good that to see him be like a legit badass for a change and use his power in that form and just like be like, man, I am so like, I'm going to hit you until I can't hit you anymore. And because I'm Superman, that ain't going to happen. So I'm not going to get tired. So I'm going to crush you literally. I'm just going to crush. I mean, he pulls out the freaking guy's horn. Yep. Like how badass was that? I love that part of it, but it's I like do. 
Why are we focusing so much on Steppenwolf when this is about Darkseid? Yeah, I, I honestly didn't. I mean, Superman, when I talk about the character and say Superman did nothing, he barely talks, comes back, punches things, do his ex machina. Like Superman always does. We just, we went to that. Less annoying. Uh, all huh? the fancy words to do us ex machina Superman. And Steppenwolf was supposed to be this engaging character, but I was like, why? If you're just going to beat him at the end like he's nothing and it's really about Darkseid, we could have saved that character development for Darkseid. Well, but you know what really, you know what was really annoying though? Was that he never talked to Darkseid? He talked to the right-hand man of Darkseid? So not just that. No, not just that. Darkseid? Yeah. You only see oh. Darkseid a few times. You only see Darkseid a few times. And then at the end, he's like, we're going to do this the old way. Well, you shouldn't have closed on that line. <clears throat> Simply because, well, A, we're not getting the old way. We're not going to see the other two movies. So there's no way to really understand what those old ways are. And mm -hmm. B, you were never a vital character here. It's almost like the difference between Steppenwolf here and the difference between Steppenwolf in the, um, in the cinematic release is this. Steppenwolf was fucking annoying and he made no sense. Okay, The way it was cut, he made no damn sense. Here he made more sense as someone who's deathly seeking redemption and it almost seems like he has the capacity to become a total supervillain on his own and like he's maybe just planning some kind of power move. In which yeah. case, it's great except for in the end where he gets, like he, he grabs such an ass whooping from Superman. Superman's like, bitch, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're a bitch. And I'm going to treat I you like that. I really thought where it was going is that he finds the anti-life equation and wants to keep it for himself. Exactly. Because that seems like he was stepping up because they're like, your family's betrayed Darkseid. You have this rebellion. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. He found the anti-life. And I'm like, okay, now he knows he has the power to rival Darkseid. So subjugate humans and get back at Darkseid. No, no, none of that. What was the whole point of any of this about stuff? Like to, to make... So much unnecessary it's like stuff. the whole idea i'm assuming behind that was okay so now we're just going to build dark side up as an unbeatable villain you cannot build up an unbeatable villain because no be no villain is unbeatable and if you've seen the way dark side's been portrayed in the past and i'm not making this up he can be beat yeah. he has been beat yeah. In every Justice League movie and in every show and in everything you've ever seen Darkseid, Darkseid has been beat. There's always that one mistake that he, that he leaves himself open for, like every villain. Yeah. Uh, but I don't even I don't even care what Darkseid's done before. In this movie, Darkseid is now a minion in his own movie. Uh, not in his own movie. He seems he's just useless in this movie. To me, I think I don't want to made it smarter either show thanos or don't until thanos is out you don't really need to see him just focus on the the machinations of the whoever's doing the villainy and that's the thing in 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 marvel they showed mm -hmm. thanos in bits and spots mm -hmm. like two or three times before you fully see him and by the time you see him he's already been built as mm -hmm. like the god of gods like, the whole thing is, when you see him, you're like, I don't want to screw with this guy at all. By the, Yeah, by the way, the opening scene of this Justice League movie has Darkseid getting beat. 
right? So I'm not scared of Darkseid because they beat him up without having Superman. And now we have Superman. Darkseid getting I... beat or was that, or was that, uh, are you sure he it wasn't, was... are you, is that the one where Superman has the hole in his chest? Because the one who did that was uh, Doomsday. No, no, I'm saying in the very beginning when they showed the Atlanteans, the Lanterns, the uh, Themyscarians and man all fight against the cubes, that was Darkseid coming to Earth. I, to... okay, yeah. I do have yeah, to say this. I do have so to say this. why am I scared of Darkseid? Why am I scared of the dude who's already been beat by less powerful people than I, I do have to say this about that scene, because you and I talked about this um, when we were talking about doing this podcast, this particular episode, and you mentioned 300. I'm just mm -hmm. saying, there was a callback there, a very serious callback to 300 on that movie, on that entrance, on the opening scene. I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. Literally, this looks like the poster for 300 with uh, one of, I think it was Hercules or whatever. Was it Hercules? One yeah, of the gods? I don't even have the same narrating thing that 300 did. No, but it looked just like, it, it, it's just, a, it, it looked like a still image from 300 with the guy with the same hair. It's, it's looked like, like somebody CGI Gerald, um, Gerard Butler in there. Oh, like, yeah. And gave him like way more of a stacked physique. And it's like, yeah, this is, um, this is 300. Yeah, look, the dark side, once he bleeds, they leave and they win. The whole point is making dark side bleed. Yeah, it's just a 300 pair. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but their big bad they're supposed to be building up is a dude I literally saw in the beginning of the movie getting beat up. So I'm not scared about him that you keep, like, talking about him. Like, dude, I'm not scared. We already saw him in the beginning. He got beat up. We got Superman now. Why should I and be that, scared? And the problem too, and the problem too, is they said they said the age of heroes would never come again, and I'm thinking to myself, well, the whole universe in DC is full of heroes, so this is more of an age of heroes now than it was before. Mm -hmm. Okay, that that line, and this is what I'm talking about: dialogue, certain er, certain oh. spots of dialogue not working. And just, you know, you go from, and then, and then introducing certain characters. Like, was it I'm necessary? Was it necessary? I'm glad you mentioned the dialogue, though. I am glad you mentioned that. Dialogue was terrible in this. They kept having unnecessary dialogue that was honestly Because terrible. they relied on something that I have been taught for years you cannot rely on. I cannot have a scene, like, you cannot, especially in a four-hour movie, Unless it's absolutely necessary, we're here. This wasn't necessary. You cannot have voice over to narrate what the viewer is watching that they should be allowed to discern for themselves because it's barely basic on the visual. So mm -hmm. you had this thing where they're beating Darkseid, but I have. Wonder Woman telling me the whole story. And I can understand that. I can understand why you thought that would be a good idea, but here's the reason why it wasn't. It's precisely what you said. Darkseid, to some people, might not seem intimidating at that point. Mm. Now, if you just have flashes of that scene, okay, you might not damage Darkseid on mm. credibility and you then open it up to, like, you know, you go from watching it like this to, okay, 
So now I'm thinking. Because they never mentioned the lanterns. Really, they didn't really all mention... They mentioned the lanterns twice. Mm -hmm. At one point, uh, Steppenwolf says, No lantern core. Great. You just shit on one of the best areas of, of DC, which is the Green Lanterns, when the stories are well told. Forget about the Ryan Reynolds movie. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the Lanterns themselves. The Lantern Corps that guides the freaking galaxy. Okay? Some of your best characters are, are Lanterns. No Lanterns. Okay, so there's no Sector 29 for Teen. Like, we just killed Jon Stewart, Hal Jordan, and uh, um, Guy Gardner, and Kyle Rayner. I think he meant they're not there right now. Like, right but that's, now. But that's... See, but going that far is a dumb, stupid line because Sector 2814 includes her. They're supposed to be gardeners, so you're just shitting on that. And, well, but, they could be busy because the Lanterns, by the way, this is not a conversation for this, but are the worst cops in the universe. They're absolutely terrible, and their organization needs to be destroyed. And this comes from comics. This comes from comics, Green Lantern. They are terrible and need to be destroyed. Um, anyway. Anyway, so they have, and then when they have, they, when they do feature the lanterns, they feature like the one lantern mm -hmm. who's like from, it looked like it was an Alex Ross lantern. Mm -hmm. And I don't recall the name of the character. And that's about it. And then they have just a ring go. That's unnecessary. Like you're pushing, like you want to make it so visual that you want to say, oh, well, if Marvel can have all their heroes fighting all of. Yeah, but that battle made sense. This battle is a battle just talking about stuff that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. You could tell the story. It could the, the story could have been told in dialogue in about three minutes. Yeah. With spots of the visual. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. The characters reacting shots. I, I think oh, that... Yeah. The problem, the problem in the end goes is you have all these visuals. You're like, hey man, you remember when we had the monkey lantern? Yeah, like let's put that back in, and and then three hundred guy, you know, Jared Butler CDI. Let's put that back in. All right, okay. let's. Okay, you mentioned CGI, so I have to say this: visuals and CGI. It took me so long to separate Cyborg from the Parademon because they looked eerily similar. They're both like metallic gray-looking things. That all over their body, that unless you really seen the head or the wings, it was so similar that I literally was like, wait, which, is that Cyborg or Caribbean? Which, the one part that I didn't understand was at one point they have Cyber, Cyborg, um, his whole body seems like solid, almost like Iron Man, like armor. Yeah. And then another problem that I did, the one problem that I did have with Cyborg, because I, I stand by this, he was my favorite character in the film, but one problem that I had with Cyborg is, why... Are you making him look like he's got severe arthritis all over his body? And anorexic, yeah. <laughs> it's just like whenever we right. walk, he'd be like... He I'm was sorry. so... His body was so skinny, which doesn't even match the frame of the of Ray Fisher, the actor playing Cyborg. Like, Cyborg's <laughs> supposed to be a big football player, so that's when you see him, he still has, like, a build. And this one, he is... Skinny like a supermodel. I'm yeah, like, in every in every in every time every time that Cyborg has been featured anywhere else, Cyborg looks basically like okay, he is a football player, he was an athlete, a strong, strong athlete. Mm. 
great. This is right. At least visually, they had him right. And even in, in Doom Patrol, they have him right because he's got the medal yeah. on him, but it's on his athlete's body. Body. Yes. So, you know, that to me was kind of problematic because I felt like you're making him and, and then another thing, and this is this is again why the I did red not like instead of the blue. The red instead of the blue. Cyborg has blue. It's blue. His eyes shine blue, his farmers have blue. Blue's a very feature. They That's... made it red so he dark and grime. here here's yeah but my biggest problem wasn't even with that dude it you know it was in the premonition scene again just everything just destroyed everything for me in the premonition scene i'm gonna tell you why cyborg comes out and he's wearing like a potato sack <clears throat> i'm like it's fucking cyborg he doesn't need to work a wear a potato sack first of all no second of all it's all like dirty and grimy and he's like Come on, guys. We have to find the place to... I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean we have to find a place to go? This is the guy who saved the world. He just saved the world, and now you're making him into a complete idiot? It's like, come on, guys. Oh, golly gee, Shaggy. Scoob. Yeah, we're just bringing Scooby-Doo and fucking... Like, what are you doing? Cyborg is, like, one of your best characters. Like, why would you do this to him? And all of a sudden... You know, when finally, when Matt Superman comes out, which, again, this part I didn't understand. If, if you were going to have a Matt Superman, it would make all the sense of the world to have him dressed in black. And not even with a cape. That would make mm. sense. But instead, you have him in the good, good guy outfit, looking like a total asshole. Okay? I, that scene... No, I'm telling you this right now. That dystopian scene was the worst fucking written piece of... I'm sorry. Look, for everyone that might get offended at my language, I have strong feelings because I think there's ways to write things. And that is not the way to fucking include a scene. You have, first of all, Superman dressed like he's a good guy. And now he's pissed off. He's not even thinking. And, and in that same fucking scene, he says to Batman, in another movie, I could have, if I wanted you dead, I would have done it already. And now I'm just going to fucking kill everybody like a, like a like mindless goon. So, the two scenes completely go against one another. Yep. All right? They clash in, in terms of where it's supposed to be going. And you killed Cyborg. And then all of a sudden, you have Slade Wilson, who's like Mr. Good Gum Daddy Common Sense. I'm Slade Wilson. Look at me. I cut my hair in a, in a, in a, in a mohawk. And I put my, my my bandana on, looking like I'm going to do aerobics at some point here. You know, mm -hmm. you got the Joker who just, I mean, Leto did his best, whatever. It's not the best Joker. I'm sorry. Heath, Heath Ledger will own him every day of the week, you know. Mm -hmm. Jack Nicholson will own him. Even Cesar Romero will own him every day of the week. I can think of anyone that can play the the Joker better than, than Heath Ledger. Not Heath Ledger, than... Um, then Jared Leto, Walking whatever. Phoenix won, won an Oscar for playing the Joker. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did a, a hell of a better job. But what I'm saying is, it comes back right back down to that. It's like that whole scene destroyed any continuity, in my view. And then just coming back to like, oh, it was just a bad dream. Let me get up and open the door for the Martian Manhunter. What's I, going I, on, I, man? I cannot believe 
that this movie was four hours long and I at the end of it was like, I really wish I got more character development. I really wish I got more scenes of these people because I had so much unnecessary scenes of so much just pointlessness that I'm like, why did you even include this? None of this makes sense. <laughs> then I did a movie. It can't be four hours long and I still don't really know anything about it can't my be, It can't so be. Here's the problem though, is you're trying to take superheroes and turn them into an epic. And I can appreciate how certain landmark works, like the death of Superman, you know, as a graphic novel, Kingdom Calm, all these things were epic within the specific genre. But that's but what my point is. They are rushed in this movie, which makes no sense. It's four hours long. How did he rush? Because you can't. Because my like this was the thing though is there was so much visually there. It's like a smorgasbord, man. Mm -hmm. And the you know when you shoot a film, okay. You shoot. To. You shoot long, to cut short. Like you know, like you do with a with a with a TV show, with anything that you do, yeah, you, right. you you know, and even when you're editing, you edit long to cut short. Some films could get away with this in the past. Now we're living in a totally different world where the story should be a lot more concise and specific, and everybody needs to have a specific role that they can develop within that two to two and a half hours. If you're taking me through four hours and again this is where my problem was because visually it was there and you know it, it was like it would build momentum and then it would cut it back out and then it would do something that it did that made no sense so where i felt where i felt that comparatively things were much better developed that answered my question of would it have been better and the answer to that is in like two or three aspects but overall no because the overall is you're you're heavy you're killing his credibility mm. you know he would have been a far more worthy foe he would have made the heroes really work for it because it seemed like every time the heroes had a plan it seemed to work. Mm -hmm. Just always seemed to work. Okay, even at the end when Cyborg is asking Barry, like, Barry, I need another charge. All of a sudden, Cyborg has to go back, fight this guy, come back in, the thing synchronizes, and then all of a sudden, that's when Barry Allen re realizes that he can turn back time. Mm. Somewhat. And he mentioned that earlier. He mentioned no. that earlier, but it was not it was not something that was, you know, like he mentioned that like, oh, when I speak passing. Like, that's not a vice. He just like an, a throwaway line. And I'm like, you know what? But a throwaway line, a throwaway line in a passing conversation should not be what sets up the sentimental moment that basically kills the big bat. Like, I'm sorry, that doesn't fucking work that way. And, and, you showed me scenes of nothing like literally showed me a scene of diana learning how to make a torch out of she broke some wood she wrapped it around the blanket she then dipped it in oil put some fire in it then walked out you showed me all that but you 
you can't set up your final thing with more than a throwaway line. Cut that out. Actually, show me something from Barry. And and here's the thing, though. And here's the thing. He still rushed everything with the four-hour cut. Everything was still rushed. To me, the the relationship with Barry and Cyborg should have had way more added to it because those two seem like because they were yeah. younger they were getting along barry understood what cyborg was going through indirectly so it yes. seemed like they could relate a lot more and it's like you're not giving me enough of that and i kind of wanted more of that because they seem like 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 the happy kid and the golf kid that go to school and somehow are the most opposite events but yet they're friends and i like that i like that that would have been really cool that would have been it's not saying it look i don't want it to be a buddy movie it's not that it's a buddy movie but it would have i think for maybe for you it would have helped you like um, cyborg more because it would have been less brooding it would have exposed because more more of more of a humanity in cyborg because they did kind of dehumanize him way too much yeah you know, the one area where they took credibility away from Cyborg was when he says to Diana, fuck the world. Fuck the world. But dude, See, my dude, my, my dude, it. I just saw you give a lady $100,000 in an ATM. I don't believe the fuck the world speech at all. That's not credible. So you already... We never, we never see him turn the corner, though. If we got more scenes of Diana being the mother figure, what he needed and was missing, mm-hmm. and Barry being the person who kind of helps him come out, right, of his shell and humanity to have fun again, then yes, I think you've done a lot more with Cyborg. I think you've done a lot more with all the characters, but all of their arcs were rushed in a movie that is four hours long with unnecessary visual music videos, slow-mo, and everything. That but that tells you. But what that tells you right there is that what you had in, what you really have to look at from this is one thing, okay? If you watch the uh, theatrical two-and-a-half-hour version, it was about two, two-and-a-half hours, you have the two-and-a-half hours of dialogue that are there, okay? Mm. Let's assume that they added about another hour and a half. This hour and a half was an amalgamation of things. And when you have an amalgamation of things, that doesn't mean that it's going to make a story. It can make a visual, a visual trans, you know, transition um, where the visuals go from point A to point B. And there's that progression. Okay? But that's really just at that point it's like okay this is dystopian so we're gonna put this in the end oh yeah martian manter comes manhunter comes in we're gonna put him past the dystopian era because we want to make sure that everybody knows that it's not dystopian yet okay this uh batman's not gonna die till the next one so you know at, at this point it's just like you're and 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 the whole thing if if you're gonna hit source material you know specific source material you know you have batman who's supposed to be your leader and is showing greater leadership capacity he is showing greater leadership capacity because self-sacrifice takes leadership 
so he's showing greater leadership capacity. But if you're going to do that, you can't freaking set it up so that he eventually dies. Unless, I, I unless, know. unless you have somebody to freaking take up the mantle, which ain't going to be Superman, because who? The, I mean, dude, I've never. I got to be honest I, with you. From uh, only Christopher, only Christopher Reeve's Superman was the Superman that I liked. From then on, I've never really been a Superman fan. So no, maybe that's I just agree. me. I no, I agree with you hundred um, percent. Zack Snyder actually made me like comic book Superman more because of how much I hated Zack Snyder's Superman. Um, and I used to not be a fan of Superman, but one thing I can say for Zack Snyder is that he made me a fan of Superman from how much he's kind of just terribly butchered Superman. But um, uh, with that said, uh, with that said, uh, I I want to because we're we're going into over an hour. So is there? Yeah. And we've been real negative. Is there anything positive you could say about the movie or a scene you particularly liked? Um, this is gonna take a second. Hold on. I uh, can go first if you need some time. Think yeah, you go first and you just let me think about it because it's gonna take me a while. No, no problem. I'm gonna have to say this. This is the only time I really laughed and chuckled. I actually had a good time. I paused it. I took my partner to come back at in, who was literally like, I'm done with this movie, and walked away. Who was like, no, you have to see this part. It was actually funny. It's when they were talking to Gordon on the rooftop of Gotham, uh, the Gotham City Police Department uh, to tell them about the people disappearing. <laughs> and when he turned around, and he was talking, when he turned around, everyone disappeared but the Flash. And the Flash was like, oh, what? <laughs> oh, that's really annoying, and, and runs. I that was hilarious and to me i was like i wish this movie had more moments like that where it kind of was taking in the super seriousness of it but also had their comic relief character doing but, what he should have done but really. but even in that it's like flash should have been the first one disappearing and he was the one that stayed there how could he not have realized that they all disappeared but it was funny it was fun it was funny it was fun i'll give you that i'll give you that he's the first one should have been fight. he's like wait a second what since he's awkward, he doesn't know how to get out of the situation. I love that. That was really funny where I think that that's why I really like The Flash and Wonder Woman, Diana, in this movie. Because I feel at some points that the only two got to have some fun in the movie. Even Aquaman the whole time was just like, oh, you can't do that. Superman's going to be bad. Negative, negative. Everyone was so negative that I was just like, I'm glad Diana's a little bit positive. I am glad that um, the Flash had a little fun. Alfred was uh, pretty then, good too. Uh, Jeremy Irons as Alfred is kind of underrated, but he was he was good. He was he was good. We just didn't get a lot of him. He, no, we just we, didn't get a lot. Of him. Didn't. I didn't get enough of him to really say one way or the other. He was great, but he was just fine. He had like three scenes. I'm like, sure, go ahead. To me, he's, he had his best scene as Lois Lane. They're just like whatever to me. Uh, no, Lois Lo Lane was useless to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, but that's to me all the characters there. All, literally almost all the characters are useless. And um, wait, I'm not positive. Positive. So Diana <laughs> that was my favorite scene. I loved it. I really did. I enjoyed that. I, scene. I think I think it's pretty obvious. You and I agree on a lot of things here. Like I said, I, I felt the characters were a lot better than in the first one, but you have to see the first one to see what I'm referring to. Having said that, the one scene that I kind of laughed at the most. I mean, I laughed at that scene that you mentioned too. Um, but the one thing <laughs> that I laughed at, so I was just dying. Um, so Aquaman's in Russia or whatever, and he's talking to, to Superman, or not Superman, to Batman, and he, then he goes into the water. Um, <laughs> and the girls, 
start singing. Right. Oh, I no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, you're gonna like why I liked it, you're gonna enjoy this. So then, <laughs> the one girl's like, mm-hmm. and the other girl's like, like, and I'm thinking to myself, this sounds a lot like that group, I think it's, um, I think it's the Cranberries? Like, in your head, that one. what's in your head? And I'm like, yeah. Oh my God! It's the cranberries singing to Aquaman. <laughs> like they got a job. That for some reason to me was uh, humorous. Because even in the scenes where people would talk to Aquaman, I'm like, why do you need the air bubble? I mean, you clearly could do the whole thing. Yeah, I did. I didn't understand the air bubbles. They didn't even feature those in Aquaman, that I can yeah, recall. Yeah, I was. They they did a bit, but it was supposed to be. Dude, no, but here they overdid it. And then in silence, like when they didn't want to have fishes and stuff spy on them. That's the only time they ever used them in Aquaman. It's yeah, but it's just when I saw it, I was like, you kind you kind of overdoing this. That first scene, the classic example, when I said music videos of them singing. It's why I hated it. And it also goes to why I hated Batman in this movie. Because he literally says money is a superpower. And he doesn't leverage money in that scene. Only a little. But he could be like, you're worried about this town? Come and help me. I'll I'll buy the whole town. They'll never have to worry about it again. He could literally just said something like yeah. that. Like, oh, yeah, I'll make everybody here rich. It doesn't matter. I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm a billionaire. I can make everybody here rich. Will you help me now? Like, something like that. He didn't yeah. throw around. And, and, and then the building. And then... The whole house thing, I just felt was kind of gratuitous. It's like yeah, yeah. He, he waited. I was like, he didn't take care. Batman would have taken care of her ahead of time. She would have never lost the house. No, I'm talking. No, I'm not talking house. about the farmhouse. I'm talking about the, uh, like the Wayne Manor or whatever. Because um, again, they were sort of hitting. And it, you know, for anyone that's ever read Alex Ross's work uh, on, on Justice League and stuff. They were hitting a lot at that, and but not properly. They weren't doing yeah, it properly, no. so you know. So let's we're going in. So let's wrap it up. Uh, your final thoughts about Justice League recommendations, all that stuff about it. Uh, uh, do you want me to go first? I can go first, but give your final. You go. Thoughts. You go first because I can't. I can't. I can't. Again, yeah. So I'll go first in here. So again, uh, as a person, if you're out there, you've never seen Justice League before, not the original cut, and you're coming to this. I don't think you'll like it. I think it's honestly, um, the characters and storylines are rushed for a four hour movie, which is ridiculous. Uh, Instead, there's a bunch of nonsense visuals that are unnecessary. Don't move the plot forward at all. Uh, I've made some examples, but that Diana example, I just want to say highlights everything. That's my problem with the movie that literally they talk about notifying her. And then so instead of her just being notified over a television, which by the way, they actually show us, they show us the whole setup scene for like literally five minutes of them just taking out boxes, looking at arrows, touching it, shooting. Like It's so unnecessarily prodding where you're like, man, you could have actually just went to the scene and told us more and that would have been great. It's grounded in realism without a good sense of realism because everyone makes stupid decisions and the world is stupid. So don't ground in realism if you're just going to do that uh the characters i don't think are likable uh it's 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 just terrible so if you've not seen justice league i don't recommend seeing this one i honestly don't uh watch any of the animated movies i literally mean any of them they're all better than this movie Uh, 
100 percent and if you are a fan of like dc stuff and comic book stuff and you're like man but no i like justice league in this go and watch the animated movie they do it better uh you'll actually like it more you'll like the characters you like the characterizations they'll have all these team-ups and they'll have more characters in it better visuals make a lot more sense than what the heck is going on here uh, my recommendation don't watch it just don't uh i don't know why this was necessary it makes me not want to go back and watch the batman v superman director's cut that everyone tells me to watch I've because of this director's cut of this one i don't want to bother to see that one i'm not gonna like it i didn't like this Zack Snyder self-indulging himself made me go i can understand why they cut this or why they brought in a different director if this was the direction it was going and I don't like Josh Whedon as a person, but I'm not going to blame that movie on Josh Whedon because if I had to sit down and cut this movie, it would be a dumpster fire because what they had was a dumpster fire. You just need so many reshoots to make it work. That's that's literally it. I think it was a dumpster fire. Zack Snyder left everyone a dumpster fire. The storyline was a dumpster fire. I don't think it's anywhere they can move. I didn't go into all my problems with Steppenwolf as a character. All of my problems are similar. Dude, I, everybody had a problem with Steppenwolf, even from the first one. It, it just it never changed. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, unnecessary scenes. Again, another example, Steppenwolf, of an unnecessary scene. We see him uh, uh, interrogating an Atlantean with this, like, alien mind probe that works really well. Shows him exactly where it is. And then later on, we get a whole other scene about how he can interrogate people and interrogate them harshly. And I'm like, really? We already saw a scene like that. Just have him do it. We already set it up, but it keeps coming back. It's an example of things that just go nowhere. The characters don't get developed enough. There's so many more problems that honestly, we probably have to talk four hours to talk about this. Well, whole already, already, this is actually the longest podcast episode that we're, we've ever had. So I'm gonna call this the uh, Zack Snyder uh, Cinemagic Podcast. Uh, yeah, um, cut. No, we have to make it three and a half hours, so it could definitely double the length. I know I can't, I can't handle any more of that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my my necessary. This is this is absolutely just just we say watch movies and learn and to learn how to do you know movies and go to your craft, but it's good to watch some of these movies to see how it's like. Yeah, I understand the necessariness of uh, what to leave on the cutting room floor. Why you should cut things. Uh, if you're gonna watch this movie, watch it for that. So you, you can train your eye to learn exactly when you need to cut things. Like when Rick said, it loses momentum. <laughs> Definitely in this movie doesn't Yeah, like, just, there was... It's, it's, it's too, unnecessary. Yeah, it, so was, much. it was too much. So, um, you know, as a superhero fan, the only thing that I can say to people is, you know, watch if you want to watch but understand this is a four-hour superhero film that goes way farther than most superhero films does do, rather. You know, there's no... It tries to almost bring you into... Or is there, there's no suspension of disbelief, and that's not good. You know, there's areas where it's just like, this is so real it could happen to you. That's not why I want to watch a superhero movie. That's not the whole. That's not the purpose of it. So I'm, you know, I'm the only positive thing that I'll say for it is it's far better than the two hour, two and a half hour, cut. But take that with the context of what we just talked about. 
what was added, how much of it was visual, how much of it, you know, you shoot things on a script so that you can have them to add on an edit if it's necessary at the end. Remember that. Sometimes you shoot them off script and you think about it and it's the same reason. That doesn't mean it needs to be there. That doesn't mean the whole thing needs to be there. There is a reason why they tell you 85% of your script is going to be altered from first draft to final draft. Mm -hmm. So you're lucky if you're here 10 words that you came up with on your own. Um, you yep. know, and, and that's just it. I prefer the animated stuff that DC does a lot more. And mm -hmm. I watch it and I, I'll recommend that to anyone and everyone every day of the week. With this, I'm ambivalent. I, I could have just as easily been talking about the Power Rangers today and would have had a better... I actually would have had a better time. Less of less better. less of a headache, honestly, because it, it just it, yeah. it goes down to that. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, watch at your own peril if you have the four hours to spend. But if not, you can always go on YouTube and watch the trailer. Trailer was good. Yeah. Trailer was great. Yeah. And it's a lot shorter too. Um, it's, it's it's two and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Save you a lot of time. It's four uh, hours. <laughs> it's four hours shy of an epic, but you know whatever. What, whatever. Uh, you know. These things go nowhere. This whole this whole thing has storylines that go nowhere. And I know people are gonna come back to us and say, "Well, it's for his planned sequels." At this point, they knew they weren't doing sequels. But if but Ever. here's That's but why okay but why release the cut? Look, <laughs> I and I don't want to expand this any further than I have to but why release a four hour freaking cut if you know you're not going to do the sequels oh because you know you never say never whatever that's fine what was Make released what was released was fucking released because he got fired mm -hmm. okay or whatever the situation was like that was it there were there were going to be no sequels there's a new Batman coming out with Robert Pattinson there's, mm. you know, it, it just, this whole thing, I'm sorry, like, there's a lot there. And I'll, you know, yeah, I'm done with it. I want to say this last thing. I almost did my video in black and white because uh, Zack Snyder said he wanted the ultimate thing to be in black and white. But that just tells you the tone of this movie, of how gray and lacklustered everything is, how pretentious and artsy they thought it was, but actually it is nothing mm -hmm. but just ugh, utter trash. And I honestly think no director would have saved this movie. I don't care if Steven Spielberg came in. I don't care what it was. If they looked at this footage and had to cut it down into a theatrical run movie, I don't know what director could make this good. I honestly don't know what director can make this good. I think what's on page sucks. I just think, not what's on page, but what was shot and what his direction just didn't, doesn't work. It's, what, I would, what I would love to do, what I would honestly love to do, and this is, this is where I'm gonna just finish out on, on, my, on my little diatribe on it. What I would love to do is I would love to purchase the original script, print it out. I wanna see the original script. Because if it's a 240-page script, first of all, I'd like to know how the hell that cleared anything. Mm -hmm. and, and second of all, if it's not, then I'll be able to discern from that exactly how many visuals were added that were not, you know, 
because you can tell if, if you know how to read a script and you know how to read transitions and you know how to read action descriptions and everything at that point you can tell exactly what was what was going on there how much of it is the writer and how much of it is the director and you have to understand sometimes directors are, are giving given way too much power over a film way more than they should so I would love to see the original script if it's there the whole thing you know just the whole thing not something that's going to make me want to like this more right but I'm talking about the whole script mm -hmm. so I'm gonna look on the script uh, screenplay database because there is one of those and I'm gonna check it yeah. out yeah Chris Terrio wrote the screenplay and the story so yeah yeah, but see that. but the only name, but the only name, hold on, the only name you're listening to, fucking said and mentioned is Zack Snyder's. That's my point. Yeah. is you're giving somebody that much power and that mm -hmm. much exposure, then chances are that whatever was put in the script by this person is a far cry. From what was put on screen I agree so you know I won't even say it was shitty writing because I don't know you know somebody had had to step in and ghostwrite it you don't know how much input Zack Snyder had so it's like where's the original script let me let me get a look at that yeah and I and and again no defense of anybody don't care for Josh Whedon at all but I honestly think if you were given this movie like halfway through just with the directions, the characters, and everything. I don't know how you save it. Because Zack Snyder himself came back, shot additional scenes, and made it four hours, and it was still trash. So I don't know what you would do to fix it. I just think you start from scratch. And I think DC's like, yeah, we're just going to do multiverse stuff, and we don't care about this. It's a direct, just a direct correlation to this is trash. Zack Snyder, this is trash. We need new directions. I want to see those new takes. Watch doom patrol that's my last thing i'm gonna say watch doom patrol i think it's a better comic book <laughs> a tv show, show adaptation has a better when's, sideboard when's better the uh sport. when's the uh when's the new season starting by the way do you know i think they started shoot they've already started shooting they the already started season. shooting it yeah i was i was so disappointed that they weren't able to finish because of the pandemic man i mean the yeah. the, the, the the end of that show was great but god i love that show I, and i do too and i think it's a better grounded realistic take right on superheroes what Zack Snyder's trying to do much better uh I just think I love Doom Patrol watch Doom Patrol watch the animated watch the television shows really watch almost anything else uh <laughs> this. I think they can balance the two much better I think what? Arrow even season one balanced the grinniness and hardcoreness with the comic book origins way better than these films have been able to man to do so I, I think that just anything um, in general, because again, like I said, it was a matter of you're telling telling the story visually, but unfortunately, you can't do that just unless it's a silent movie. Do you know if you wanted to make it a silent movie? I I I I do not know, but I could probably see it. He probably would have enjoyed it more if it was a silent movie, because he probably thought the dialogue got away in his slow mo music. Sorry, it couldn't have been a silent. It should have been music videos. He wanted to shoot a music video, and he was tired of all that dialogue that got in the way. Oh my god! It would have been great if they would have put the uh, the text balloons like "pow," "wow," <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Because he, he had four four music videos. And I, yeah. I didn't touch on enough about how the music videos randomly drop in his movie. That's uh, part of the reason why, dude, like, wasn't Diana's death uh, or, or funeral one of the music videos? It's a music video montage, yeah. Yeah, that whole thing was freaking disturbing to me in so many ways. I, I just, I'm like, dude, this has no place here. She's not dead. She's not dying. Like, Cyborg's getting visions, but it's just not necessary i don't know batman's getting vision not cyborg batman. was 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 it batman getting the the the, the yes. vision on her of her funeral yeah it was batman getting like all that stuff or was it flash i know it was not it was not batman i believe it was cyborg batman had the dream of the future batman had a dystopian dream about to go when he was rewinding time was that his was it Barry when he was rewinding time because they're showing like what was happening? He was undoing. I forget. No, uh, no, no. It was it was Cyborg, I believe, that had that. But again, it was just he's like. Yeah, there's there's, and oh. and honestly, it doesn't matter because it's all interchangeable. These characters don't do enough to separate themselves uh, because there's really no characterization in a four-hour movie. I want to say that again. Rush characterization in a four our movie hey, hey bro how is that possible that's that's what happens when you force homework on people <laughs> yes at you the end get, of the day i convinced rick to watch this and the only you person get, i hurt myself you 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 hurt yourself in ways that were just terrible and you know what i am not i'm not no judgment but i'm just saying Never ever fucking tell me to watch another four-hour fucking movie again, okay? I had a problem with Gone with the Wind, and that was a far better film. I'm just saying, never again. I, I never. I, I, I'm not doing it again. Um, I will not do it again. Uh, uh, this, this, this was. <laughs> I, if you can see me, I know people who are listening can't visually see me, but for all the people who can see me. I, you know, I haven't shaved. I look down. I'm not really my jovial self because this movie beat me down. It did. I feel dark and brooding. I'm wearing my hoodie. I am dark and brooding because this film has literally. Actually, beat your me hoodie, down. your hoodie is a lot lighter than the tone of the darkness that was set in this film. So you're fine. I didn't have clothes to match this because I had nothing dark enough. I have. I literally, I have to go. I'm wearing a black shirt and a black beanie, so you know. It's still um, not dark. It's still not it's still I, have, I have the white color and the and the gray and my uh, you know forever is not watching but um look um i want i want to thank everybody for joining us on this version of the um this is what i like to call the uh the snyder cut of our podcast i'm gonna watch Requiem with a dream twice before i watch this again you're gonna watch what Requiem with a dream like twice three times actually i'll watch that on repeat for a full day which is a movie that wrecks me emotionally because it's so, you know, emotional and raw and loving. I'll, I'd rather watch that like 10 times in a row than watch this again. I'll send you a copy of Sonic. <laughs> I enjoyed Sonic way more than I enjoyed this. Jim Carrey was fun to watch. And guess what? It doesn't overstay its welcome for another two hours like this one does. Ugh. I'd rather watch all the terrible movies that I've watched. Actually, watch this this, Zack Snyder was going to do a Detective Pikachu cut too. Oh, yes. He, he should. He yeah. should. Uh, yeah, and then people will just hate Pokemon and Nintendo will go belly up. Because, yeah. you know, why not ruin something else I love? 
So just go ahead, Zack Snyder. Ruin something else I love. So wait a minute. We didn't do this at the beginning, so we should definitely wrap up on a high note. Um, because we keep saying we're gonna wrap wrap up, but this is so emotional that I think we're forgetting that we need to wrap up. I've been beaten. You yeah, beat dude, I know you look like shit, and I don't I don't look any better. Um, and I don't feel any better either. Yeah, because I'm like this was the fucking pits. Now that you made me fucking think about it, because um, I was like I'm, I'm gonna be positive and I'm gonna have and and I had like five minutes of positivity but then you started talking and i started remembering all the reasons why it took me two days to watch this film so jonathan thanks for nothing uh i could have just as easily forgotten and lived in a world full of fantasies and dreams but instead no i want to highly recommend to everybody to watch the uh, check out the documentary because i checked this out the other the the last last blockbuster i think it's called oh, last yeah. blockbuster on earth Check it out. It's kind of, it's a fun little documentary about Blockbuster. Um, so that's I watched that this week. It was a lot of fun. Watched it actually yesterday to cleanse the palate a little bit. And um, obviously it didn't work because I had to do this today. So now I'm I'm need to go to a dentist or something. I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> I um, okay. So I gotta stop talking about Justice League. Uh, <laughs> I do. I need to. So for my recommendations, I didn't recommend anything because obviously what I watched this week was Justice League. Broke me. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been watching like the Food War anime just to just have something different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so a uh, big shout out to Food Wars um, for helping me just think about people orgasming from food. That was just uh. a valid cleanser from uh, everything I watched here. I'm still clearing out my Netflix queue, so I'm watching things like The Magicians, their final season, and just getting uh, Peaky Blinders. I finally finished that final oh, season. I gotta watch Peaky Blinders. I'm, I'm, I'm catching up on a lot of TV shows and and uh, and uh, just catching up on a lot of my Netflix queue things. So, uh, so. tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week. So um, next week. We are going to talk about a different film. This one I'm going to love so much more. Uh, there will be big fight scenes. But Godzilla versus King Kong. What? Who do you think's gonna win that fight? Kong. Godzilla, man. Man. Ain't even a contest. Kong fights dirty, man. He's gonna grab Godzilla right by the Godzilla balls, and just okay. Rip can him you out. kill King Kong with a nuke? Can you kill King Kong with a nuke? Look, yes. That, that's you that's neither here nor there. That's neither you here nor there. The nuke that dude he's nuclear fire ding kong ain't got nothing on godzilla just gonna say that he ain't got shit on godzilla man kong's the greatest thing ever does godzilla have a ride in universal studios two no. of them booyah oh right. i just totally uh, cyborg your ass <laughs> Woo! So join us next week where we're going to talk about, obviously, we're already more excited than happy to talk about Godzilla yeah. versus King Kong. <laughs> Super excited about it. Uh, I, I hope everyone's out here too. Uh, as always, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Please tell us how you like Justice League um, and let us know suggestions of topics yeah. maybe that you want to talk about that you're like, hey, Cinemagic guys, can you talk about this movie? Because we'll go back to older movies we'll or this stuff about sound editing, anything, and we'll go and talk about it. So mm -hmm. 
reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the previous episodes. Keep telling people to watch those too. Uh, and I hope you like this one. Please tell people that you can hear us just, just, just break down on this episode and kind of give up at some point. The happiness, <laughs> the happiness, and the depth of of our of our positivity wasn't there. It was robbed. But again, <laughs> this was Jonathan's fault. So lay that at his doorstep and make him feel some kind of shitty, because yeah. you know, I could I could have been I, I could have been playing Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wish I was, man. I really wish I was. Like, subscribe, tell us how you like it. Uh, find us here next week. We talk about Godzilla versus King Kong, and we'll catch you next week on Cinemagic. Nice week. <laughs>